Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist branding coach. So I want to welcome you to the second part of the three-part series of the Know, Like, Trust Factor to Enhance Attracting Your Ideal Client. So today's episode is called, Are You Liked by Your Ideal Client? And you may be wondering, what the heck? Of course, I'm liked by my ideal client. But we're going to talk about how the liking attraction can lead to um, consistent flow with generating more leads to your business. Leads are another word for new clients or new customers, Um, even beyond like therapy practice, new customers can be for a book, Um, but also how to keep those clients there, how to enhance the relationship. And we'll get into building a warm audience by clients liking you. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one of this three-part series, please make sure to go back and listen to episode 87 because they do go in order of knowing, liking, and trusting you. Okay. So we're going to talk today about how to build a warm audience and how to get your ideal client to be attracted to you so that they can like you more so that they can, if it's a good match, invest in your product or service. So I want you to think about how you've chosen to invest in products or services. Typically, people will be attracted to the person first and then the product. Um, Typically, the person making the sale or um, showcasing the transformation that they can give a client so that the client can invest in them, their product or service. Um, The person who, like for me, if I'm selling something, I am making the experience um, better for the client, not actually the product. So let's give a like a regular example. Let's just say you go to a car lot, right? What happens, because I know this has happened to me, but what happens to you if you go to a car lot and you receive no help? And honestly, how long does it take you to stand there without receiving help, even if you don't want to buy a car that day? It's honestly just customer service. Do you want to give a company twenty, fifty, dollars $100,000, even if it's a loan, your money, if they're not helping you, if they don't even come up to you and speak to you because that makes you feel warm, that makes you feel wanted, even if you then turn around and say, oh, I'm just looking right now, but thank you. It's the customer service, okay? So what will end up happening is you don't, if you don't get any help, you'll leave. Um, now, if you go into a car lot and you receive excellent customer service, like within the first couple of minutes, you go in there, someone comes and introduces themselves, they're not pushy, you tell them you need time to you know look around, but you, but you ask for their name, they give you their name, And then they say, hey, find me or here's my phone number. I'll be standing right there. Just text me, call me or come over and let me know what your questions are before you leave. That is excellent customer service. You're more likely to buy a car from that lot simply because you've learned how to possibly get to know the person. Um, You're able to have a certain percentage of trusting them off the bat just because they were nice to you just because they gave great 
customer service to you. And that should not be any different than a therapy practice, coaching business, or any other uh, service or product-based business. You have to provide customer service. And the piece that most therapists honestly miss is the customer service piece because a lot of us blend in customer service with adequate treatment. But good customer service is your client emails you a question, how long does it take you or your team to email them back? And if there is a mistake, because I know that I've accidentally deleted emails or archived it on my phone, I tried to flag it on my iPhone and it accidentally swiped it to delete it. And I was like, what the heck? And nowadays on Gmail, it's very hard to find those archive messages. And so one of my clients most recently said, and I saw that I archived it, but I couldn't see who it was from because it went too quickly. When they emailed, I apologized. You have to own your mistake. You don't have to stay there, but you should own it. But that's customer service, right? And so let's talk about certain ways that you can increase the likelihood of someone being attracted and liking you so that they can invest if it's a good match into your product or service. And I keep saying good match because I'm a wholehearted believer in alignment. I don't believe that you should just want everybody to be your client just because they can pay. You should learn how to say no because not everybody's also a good customer for your program. Okay. So the first tip is, can they, or first question I should say, like an assessment is, can they identify with you? So what are you sharing or showing like on social media platforms, in videos, on your website, at live events, or when you speak to people, what are you sharing or showing them that helps them see that you can actually help them. So if you're going to be their therapist, how have you shown, for example, psychoeducation on your social media platform to show them that not only are they attracted to you, but that you can actually help them. So when they see stuff on your website or on a social media platform, kind of like the um, what we talked about in episode uh, 87, like, are you known for who you serve? Are they attracted to you? You know, do they like you? Do they like your presentation? Um, a picture is worth a thousand words. Be very careful about what pictures you post, including in your stories. You never know who's going to run across your stuff. And you may be wondering, well, what if my page is private? Well, first of all, if you have a business, your page shouldn't be private, or you just need to honestly um, not post particular pictures online anyway, because no picture is ever private. Okay. Um, but your business page should be public. No one wants to wait to be approved. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to remember your name, yet, let alone your page, if I have to wait to be approved and then go back. Okay, so can they identify with you? Are you showing up to then show them that you can help them? Um, the second uh, assessment question and tip is, do you have a story? Now, this is very, very important um, because I think that ethics plays a big role of how we've been taught of how not to personally disclose, especially if you've had professors like myself in college and in grad school where they were super OG. And that was before the ethical guideline change, even about um, multiple relationships, because now Nowadays, I mean, heck, your client could show up at your church. You know what I'm saying? And whoa, what do we do? You going to stop going to your church? No, you just set up appropriate boundaries. Okay. So what obstacle have you had to overcome? And if you don't want to share, of course, the details of that, how can you integrate that into your marketing message? Meaning, can your client actually see that you're similar to them? Now, you may not necessarily speak of, like I um, openly speak on my platform about my divorce, but when I first started doing couples counseling, of course, I didn't do that, but I speak about divorce in terms of my coaching clients because I talk to them about how that was one of the hardest, um, I've 
had numerous hard obstacles in my life, but that was probably one of the hardest obstacles that I've had to overcome in the midst of me just starting my career because that's when it happened. Right before right before I got licensed, that's when I had a divorce. I had just purchased my first home. I had just like got a first look of student loans. So I was going through a lot of changes. And then, you know, financially, I had a hit. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time of me having a blessing of having my first real salary job with benefits and a consistent, um, you know, paycheck at the same time, I was dealing with a lot of things emotionally. So that within itself of going through a life transition and having things happen where your emotional stance could impact your business and your livelihood that within itself, I can talk about. But I don't necessarily have to disclose that I've had a divorce, okay? But I feel comfortable with doing that now, so that's my story, okay? So what obstacle have you overcame, and is it similar to your client? Are you able to share it? But you don't have to, but how can you share the steps of overcoming something that your client has overcame? Because sometimes you don't have to personally disclose, but maybe even your approach and your delivery, your authenticity of overcoming that will show to your client like, oh my God, they really get me, right? So if you do share, make sure you share it with boundaries. You should not be sharing all the details of your life transition, right? Um, But let me just share a little bit with you on my podcast in terms of what story I choose to share because it directly relates to the clients that I serve, which are mental health therapists. So not in this particular order, but you may hear me say things like in my webinars or masterclasses or even to my coaching clients, I know what it feels like to have student debt. I know what it feels like to have a degree, not get paid my value, be a floater in private practice, meaning you roll out of the bed and decide, I really want to open my business today with no guidance. I know what it feels like to have a desire to leave my nine to five job, but I keep wishing and never doing it. I know what it feels like to be scared to leave my nine to five job. I know what it feels like personally to have personal stuff happen in your life literally every freaking year, every freaking month, and it feels like it will never end and how you have to overcome that. And I also know what it feels like to not know what I'm doing in my business, which is why I chose to invest in my business and really look at getting help and getting coaching. And I have now created a pot of money every year of an investment fund to invest back in my business because I'm a lifetime learner and to be a um, business owner um, and to grow my business and scale my business over time, I have to know that I can't continuously, for example, to do the same things that I did at a $50,000 business to a $100,000 business to a multi six-figure business to then a, a million-dollar business. You, you can't repeat the same systems. You can't repeat the same routines. And that is, again, what a lot of my clients do is as soon as they hit their first six figures in their private practice or in their business, they then just want to repeat the same thing that they did, but they're trying to reach a higher goal. Now, if you're trying to just repeat the same $100,000, okay, that's fine. But most of my clients, we talk about, okay, now that you met six figures, now let's talk about meeting 250,000, now 500,000. Your day looks different. Your mindset looks different, right? So you want to be able to tap into your story. And I would highly encourage you to write your story down. The third tip and assessment question is, what's the narrative that they can relate to? So again, I'll give an example. I know that therapists or like yourself, you may be stuck in your business. It may not be your entire business, but maybe you're stuck with even just moving to the next level. Or how do I hire staff? I've hired someone, but what do I do with them? I know that I need help, but what do I really delegate to them? 
So I make sure that my clients know that I'm very relatable and that I'm still doing the work, even in the therapy field that they're doing in their work. So, um, I don't have a full caseload in private practice. I have very much a part-time, part-time private practice because that only represents about 10% of my business. 85% of my business is actually, um, the coaching business because my whole mission right now is to help transform mental health clinicians like yourself to live that abundant lifestyle. That's my mission. I've done it for myself for a while now, and now it's my time to now share the nuggets that I've learned with other therapists because they don't know where to find it. And I want to be that shortcut, that cliff note version to get them quicker to the finish line because I don't want them to take as long as I said. I don't want them to take 10 years to develop a wealth mindset out of a poverty mindset. I don't want to have them take five years to then lose money, lose staff, and lose their systems to then have to rebuild it back from scratch. Like that's that's crazy, right? Why would you reinvent the wheel? Like I already have it. So I'm still doing the work in my therapy practice, but my therapy practice actually looks different. I prefer to work in the community and also provide my services to, for example, a nonprofit that I collaborate with. So I'm still using my expertise. I'm still doing mental health services, but it just looks different. Okay. So how am I relatable to my clients with my narrative? Um, I'm still doing the work. I'm focused more on impact. So that's one thing that I teach my clients, impact over money. If you bless other people, the blessing will always come back to you. Also, um, I'm teaching others, like I mentioned just a moment ago, where I messed up to avoid these mistakes. So I mentioned the word cliff notes. So would you rather invest in a cliff note version of building your business or would you rather take the long route, make a lot of money mistakes? That's honestly what it's going to boil down to is you wasting time, which to me equals out to dollars because every hour should be worth how much you're worth per, per hour. So if you're worth $150 per hour, I'm worth $500 per hour minimum. You know what I'm saying? So if I waste a dollar, if I waste an hour, I'm wasting $500. That's how I feel about my time, which is why I'm very strict with how I spend my time and who I give my time with. Then the last tip and assessment question is, is your online presence approachable? So um, is your photo or your icon photo on your social media nice where someone would actually want to click on your profile? Do you have a mission statement that speaks to your ideal client? Um, are you or is your platform or your photos, are they pleasing to the eye? Are you using the right even color contrast? Like one of the feedback that I gave to one of my coaching clients, sometimes, the, you know, they'll show up in my feed. And if I see that there can be some small improvement just to see what happens, I'll give them feedback. It doesn't mean that they have to implement it. I'm just as their coach giving them feedback. And so one of them, it was on a dark burgundy background and they had black fonts. And even though they're using their branding colors as a reader to their post because I really liked what they posted. I really want to be able to see their post and make the words pop out to the reader so that they don't have to strain their eyes. And sometimes if you use a darker uh, background color with darker font, it's really hard to read. So um, I told her, I said, hey, have you ever tried to use white on your burgundy background? Because I think it would pop more because the content on it was popping. It was fire. She was like, oh, okay. Literally the next day she took fast action. That's why I love her. I love my coaching clients. She took fast action and it popped. When I was scrolling down in my feed, I didn't even have to stop, go to her threads, zoom it in. I can actually read it fairly quickly as I was scrolling. That's what you want people to do to then say, oh, I'm attracted to this. Let me go ahead and read what they have to say even under the picture. Something should be so attractable that they want to read. This is why people don't read under your picture because maybe your picture is also not attractable. And honestly, just with how much technology we're exposed to per day, most people are not going to read. 
They have to see a lot of things first from you in order for them to be attracted to you to then want to read. And then lastly, do you have a call to action that speaks to them to tell them what to do? Okay. So even in my podcast episodes, I usually tell you what the podcast episode is going to be like. Look at my structure. I'm a teacher. Okay. So I tell you what the podcast episode is going to be on. Then I give you the tips or the bullet points. Then I do a recap, which I'm going to do in a moment. Then I give you a call to action at the end, but I also interweave call to actions throughout the podcast episode. Like, Oh, go check this out. You know? So as a recap, we've talked about how to get your clients to be attracted to you or your potential clients to be attracted to you, then to like you to know, like, and then the third piece in the next podcast episode is to trust you to then want to invest in your product or service if they're aligned with what you have to offer. So we've talked about how can they identify with you? How are you sharing and showing up on platforms so that they want to work with you? Do you have a story? Is there a narrative that you can share? Um, A a statement that I really like people to write down and remember is that um, facts tell stories sell. Facts tell stories sell. People want to hear a narrative. They want to hear a story. They really tap into more of a narrative than they do with you just having a a whole sales page. Okay. Um, The third point that we talked about today is what is the narrative that a client can relate to? So I share with you how I've been stuck in my business and just that relatability attracted a lot of um, clinicians to my business. And then lastly, is your online presence approachable? Is it easy on the eye? Is it attractable? So if you're curious more about making or helping your business structure more attractable. Are you needing help in identifying honestly who your ideal client is so that you can know that you're attracting the right client to then identify marketing messaging through what we call in the Dope Therapist Academy, your framework. Your framework is a particular um set of steps that you create to be able to work with your clients seamlessly so that you will not be overwhelmed because if you're serving all of your ideal clients, your structure should not change. It's just their narrative will change and maybe what their results will look like will change. Do you want to know the direction that your business is going in the next five to 10 years to make actionable steps so that you can even keep track of all of these results that your clients are getting so that then you can share them with your um, future clients? And I'm going to talk about that in the next episode in regards to your clients trusting you. Okay. And lastly, do you want your time back? I talk a lot about living an abundant lifestyle on my social media platform. I highlight more transformation versus pain points because I want the clinicians to feel what it feels like to actually live out their dream life for them to get a picture of what their ideal lifestyle looks like. So I will post a picture of me working from everywhere. If I go to Vegas, and sometimes I literally go to Vegas on purpose just to work outside of my home because in these days, that's all we do is work in our homes. And honestly, that gets boring. I want a different scenery. Even though my office is beautiful, If you work in this office every day, sometimes you just tune out other things in your office because you see it every day. So do you need to switch up the scenery? Yes, I do. And sometimes I just skip town just to get out of town. So then I won't schedule anything. Okay. But I make sure to capture the moment, capture the video, go live and let people know like, Hey, I'm still working from everywhere. I'm working from my phone. I can still get things done, but I'm done at nine o'clock. And then I can go and enjoy the city with either me, with me and my husband or with my family, you know, my husband and my kids. So if you want your time back and you want to get things off your plate and learn the first steps of delegating tasks to live life on purpose and abundantly, I would highly encourage you to check out the show notes. Um, I have a couple of resources for you. If you want to learn more about the Dope Therapist Academy, 
go to drtk.com forward slash DTA. You can get on the wait list. There is another cohort that will be released um, in October. um, And that will be our last cohort for 2020. You do not want to miss it because there are going to be some very big bonuses to that cohort that will... Um, be very different than what's going to be offered in 2021. That's all I'll mention. Um, there'll also be other updates if you want to work with me one-on-one for the next year. So make sure that you are on the wait list for Dope Therapist Academy, and that will automatically put you on our email list so that you can be up to date with new things that are coming out that may pertain to your business, especially if you're beyond the growth stage and you're at the scale stage. Now, if you don't know the difference between growth and scale, I would highly encourage you to take my private practice quiz. That's also in the show notes because it will put you on three levels based off your responses. So make sure that you're fully transparent with assessing where you are in your business so that it can tell you if you're in stage one, two, or three, and then it will give you actionable steps of what to do next to then either connect with me, put yourself on a wait list for a particular program because based off your results, it will match you with if you're a good match for one of my programs. Okay. Um, and that's it. So, um, if you, um, want to go the extra mile, please make sure that you subscribe to my podcast. Um, rate the podcast out of five stars. I will greatly appreciate you because rating the podcast lets me know that the information that I'm providing is transformative to your business and to your personal life as well. Um, also, um, go on social media, share this podcast episode, take a snapshot of it in your stories and tag me at Dr. TK Psych. Make sure you're following me over there as well because I give motivation throughout the week. But I would really love to see you, hear from you on the podcast. I can't see you. And so I would really love to know who's engaging with me on the podcast. And also share it with another therapist because I love therapist communities and I love for therapists to connect and embrace and uplevel one another. If you want to be part of my Facebook community for free, where I do do pop-ups, sometimes they get a behind the scenes of hearing these podcast episodes aired one or two months early at times when I'm batch recording, then also head down to the show notes and check out that Facebook group. Again, it's for free. It's for mental health therapists looking to brand and market their mental health business. But I will see you in the third part of this series in the next episode. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle.